0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Oedipus, the podcast where we explore the culture of beer. And I'm your host, Danny Walker. For any new listeners, it's great to have you tuning in. However, this is episode number 18 and we have lots more to show you. I recommend you head over to our website to find all previous episodes of the podcast. There, you will find also some special guest mixes submitted by some of our resident taproom DJs. The address is udipus.com forward slash radio. The podcast is also available by searching Radio Udipus on your podcast app. On today's show, Sander Nadevain joins me around the table, the co-founder and head brewer of Uripus. Our guests are Jan and Elaine from Carnival Retinomyces. Those of you familiar with the show will have heard us discuss Carnivala numerous times, Carnival of Brett is the festival that celebrates all things wild and fermented. It started as a very small project for the two of them, but now has become a festival that attracts enthusiasts from all around the world. As well as that, there's the beer review, what's in the fridge and the quiz. So let's jump into it with Jan and Elaine. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Oedipus. Happy to be joined by Sunday Devane. How are you doing today, mate? Pretty good. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, we are joined today by Jan and Elaine, two big personalities here in the local beer scene. Together they run Carnival Britannomysis, and there's also Ravi, we should mention as well, that's involved in that. A festival that celebrates wild yeast and all things funky and sour. You're all you're both involved in more than just one project, of course. Jan, we know you brew at Cromer uh, Haring and Elaine, you're working behind the bar at, in the Vildemann and also known for making chutneys and as, among, um, as well as other lovely projects. How are you both today? Good. Yeah? Good. Good, good. Now, we're gonna mainly focus on Carnival Bretonomyces. Now I think Carnival has been mentioned on just about every show, right, Sandra? Uh, yeah. There or thereabouts.
1: <laughs> well, mostly well, the beer related shows, I think,
0: of course, uh, yeah. in
1: one way or another. Talking about the Amsterdam beer community, I think uh yeah, the, the, the yeah, it comes up
0: naturally. Exactly. Naturally, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I do apologise that it's taken a while to get you on the show, but but happy to have you here. Um, I was wondering for those that might be listening that are unaware, you could maybe quickly summarise what kind of Arla Brett is.
2: Uh, I've I've been thinking about it. I don't quite know, to be honest. Uh, That's partly because we just, well, during the festival, we're basically too busy to see what actually is going on. And we do plan, obviously, what's going on, but we never know how that will results, what what the end result will be. But it definitely is like a four day celebration of the goat. The goat standing for everything wild and funky fermented. Mainly beer, but that could be tempeh as well, I suppose.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, and this year would have been edition number nine, am I correct? I think so, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's
0: a lot of a thinking, assumptions, not quite sure. But kind of is pretty special. It does attract people and brewers beer fanatics from all around the world uh, and we saw that there was quite a special attention given to the uh, online version of it this year they're pretending to be at kind of the 2020 group that was very fun was there any particular beer brewer winemaker or anything that you're especially gutted that you've missed this year everyone Every good answer yeah, I think yeah. literally everyone it's, it's literally just, yeah. there's
2: new people every year and also there's always a few brewers who don't make it again you we're not necessarily seeking out um, for new brewers every year. It's just a community, a growing community. And uh, possibly I was really looking forward to uh, a lecture about uh, food forest.
0: So oh, yeah. Not,
2: not very berry, perhaps, but then yeah. that's also the that side of, I suppose, working with and close to, related to nature is also something we want to dig into more. Sure. And it was obviously a bit tricky doing that. See, I have no idea how people are going to react to that, but I was definitely looking forward to seeing it. Mm-hmm. But then, well, not this year. Well, and,
3: uh, I was looking forward to uh, getting a, uh, something to do with uh, cheese because a lot of uh, cheeses are made with uh, raw milk, but they nearly all have the same starters. So I was, uh, I was looking forward to getting a, a lecture about uh, about uh, the difference between starters, cheese starters, and. Uh, and using the same one uh, uh, while making the start of your cheese all the time mm-hmm. or just using one from the factory or from the whatever that you get, that you buy in the, in the, the laboratory, lab. in the lab, yeah. So I was uh, looking forward to uh, getting three different right. uh, people who had three different opinions about that and that discussion and getting that as a, yeah, of using Carnival as a platform to, to, to try and, figure out what's the best way or yeah, different opinions. So,
0: but. Sounds like it's grown a lot. Like now yeah. that you two are looking forward to two things that aren't specifically related to beer. And we will talk about that more later in the show, but Jan, I, I've spoken to Elaine on this show uh, in some regard before when I asked her what she'd been keeping in her fridge in one of the earlier episodes. And I did the same with Ravi as well. I called him in Aberdeen to ask what he's been keeping cool in his fridge. Are there any uh, standout beers or drinks you've been chilling recently in your <laughs> fridge?
2: Standout beers? Yeah. Uh, well, often beers from Cromaring where I work myself. That's actually most I drink nowadays, but then, well, let's pretend it's still summer, which... Doesn't really look like, but <laughs> I tend to drink a lot of macro pills now, to be honest. <laughs> I, I can really, truly enjoy a good glass of, uh, or can actually, just straight from the can of Amstel beer. Absolutely do. I should be ashamed, perhaps, but then, yeah. that's what it is.
0: It has its place, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's in the fridge. There's all these other beers, probably later at night, but I usually don't drink them too cold. There's always a few
0: of also
1: so. Like sitting that. on the shelf. Standing nice in the and field. warm. exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, so that brings us to the first segment of the show. Let's talk about a beer. So I brought a very special beer to the table today, uh, a classic, <laughs> the Schenklauch beer, the Marzen. Uh, now, Sander, maybe you can...
1: Uh... There's an opener over there as well. Oh, huh? Of course, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, hmm. You can use mine, Denny. Thank you. No pint glasses. can drink from the bottle or... Yeah.
0: No pint glasses
1: today. No. And no Orval.
0: No Orval, Orval. There is some Orval in the fridge, yeah. uh, though. Uh, well, well, depending have. on how the, how the show goes, maybe we can uh, yeah. run out and get some Orval.
1: But the Saccharomyces only beer. Uh, to review. A classic, indeed. Uh, a bottom fermented beer, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, from Bamberg, famous uh, brewery, Heller, that has this uh, Schenkerla beers, mm-hmm. uh, their own smoked malts. Uh, yeah, they're very characteristic uh, because of their smokiness. Uh, you can immediately smell it yeah, once you open the bottle so and it. you don't even have to bring the glass to your nose and it's this very distinct uh Yeah, it brings me immediately back to Germany or Mm. one of those breweries uh, that are in and around Bamberg that uh, produce these type of beers. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's a bit, I guess, a love or hate beer, uh, I find. There's a lot of brewers also, or people from the beer industry, like Desi, one of our brewers, um, who's been with us for a long time and used to... Work in fermentore behind the bar in Copenhagen, and, and they always have a Shankala on tap. And uh, she just doesn't, she doesn't like it. She doesn't no. care for smoked beers, and uh, yeah, and, and she's very much into beer, uh, I guess, or I know. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. My there's other. My girlfriend, for instance, loves it, and uh, yeah, I don't know, and and can drink it anytime, mm-hmm. and always when it's somewhere on the menu, uh, she she seeks it out, and. Uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a love and hate thing, I guess. Smoke beers in general and this particular type of smokiness, uh, uh, yeah, uh, even more so. Um, but yeah, the beer itself, yeah, I don't know. It is kind of extreme, but at the same time, I find it always super drinkable yeah. or like super uh, sessionable uh, in a way. And maybe being there or at the brewery and coming in at night and when i've been there a couple times but also when it was really busy and it's sweaty and there are people all over and massive plates of foods or food are coming in Mm. and yeah these beers go down so easy uh uh, but uh yeah but but it's funny that because it's it's you could consider it rather extreme, but uh, yeah, this Merton is is dark also, uh, dark color. Uh, how does it how does it get
0: its smokiness? Excuse like the very basic question, but how does it get its smokiness in the beer?
1: Yeah, they smoke the malts.
0: They smoke the malts. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so at the malt tree, you can uh, yeah kill your malts or roast your malts, but also smoke them to uh, yeah give it smoky flavor. Mm-hmm. So it's the malts that are being smoked, and for the rest it's just brewed as uh, beer is brewed, so th- those smoked malts are used in a mash, and uh, yeah, uh, that's where you get the smoky flavors from. Nice. Um, yeah, I love it. I don't know what to say for the rest. I, we can go <laughs> no, <I laughs> go expect- the full root uh, mm-hmm. appearance, aroma, but it's, it's just a, a classic smoked beer. Yeah, a lot uh, of you will be aware of it. I invite everybody to 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 seek out. I think the Schlenke Hellas Helles was uh, on tap last week in the Wilderman, right is it still uh, yeah. yeah I think so yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's a as but also with a bit of, but even more qualifiable than this but yeah. uh
0: yeah let me take a sip mm-hmm. is it a favorite in your guys uh, repertoire is it oh mo- often most drink definitely I, yeah. I
3: really love it absolutely love it and uh I uh, I used to really dislike it until I went to Bamberg and oh, then yeah? the minute I what Sandra was just saying, the minute you walk into the the brewery or where they where they serve it, you just it, you there's like a, a holy light bulb comes turns on and you go way mm. and you just completely uh, well that's that's what happened to me anyway yes. a <laughs> beer light bulb went off and I just started drinking pints and pints and pints of it and it's like just fantastic absolutely uh, love it because it is. Yeah, what you said—it is kind of an extreme taste, but it's extremely quaffable, and uh, you can when you're there, you you can really uh, f- yeah feel the history of the 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 place, and it translates into that beer, which I find very uh that's uh, very interesting as well.
2: Mm. Yeah, you Jan, you a fan? I, I can drink this every day and do something about it. that... It, well, it, it, it always—it feels almost like it's, it's got a how do you how do you say that? It's, it's got a, the power of, a, of an imperial stout, but then it's just a five percent quaffable beer, indeed. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's well, if you're looking for a big taste sensation, which I often am when well, I'm not drinking my armstrong, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you can drink it. You can take one pint. You can take two pints, three, maybe four, and it, it, it's just wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's great. There's a lot of other smoked beers on the market, but none of them are quite as unique as this, I think. Or oh.
1: yeah, there's a couple more breweries in Bamberg that uh, yeah, you can argue which one you like better uh, over the other. Um, and I think this one is very famous uh, for some reason. It uh, maybe became the example. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think very yeah. notable is uh, is uh,
2: special as well. Yeah. So if you want to be yeah. a bit uh, the cool kid, you're gonna yeah. like special more because it's.
1: Well, less, less
2: the alternative is less known it's as good basically it's just
1: yeah. slightly different yeah yeah I like what you say about the the intensity of imperial style because the aroma of course is very intense and uh, super smokiness but also the mouth feels somehow yeah the body is th- really yeah. thick mm. and indeed that's something I think you you can find in in Really good example of German lagers. Sometimes that it's mm. only barley malt and there's no tricks with oats and wheat and and uh, spelt or other grains. That we we have examples of those beers uh, plenty in the show. Also, uh, New England IPAs that they're really looking for this thickness and this chewy mouthfeel. But uh, yeah, somehow only barley malt uh, smoked uh, in this case as well. But and then bottom fermenting yeast, which doesn't do much in terms of flavor, it's relatively clean, you know. Mm. Uh, but somehow they get this 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 big, thick uh, mouthfeel and and, and uh, yeah, interesting flavor, like plenty of depth, still being quaffable. Yeah, I don't know, it's uh, it's magic. Yeah, it <laughs> is magic. <laughs> magic,
3: yeah, because it does it does have that huge mouthfeel, but it really is extremely yeah, quaffable, and it's just like a, a paradox, really. But it works completely.
2: Yeah. yeah, and here you love or hate it, but then if you went in Bamberg, then this drink hallowed, they are full with people. Yeah. And they, they, from
1: 10 o'clock in the morning. 10 yeah. o'clock in
2: the morning, and these people, they might be 20 years old or they might be 60 years old, sitting on the same table or not on the same table. As they might be male or female. Every, everyone is drinking this. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, wonderful culture.
0: It's yeah. a crazy amount of kind of character that's in the beer because of this history. It's 615 years old, this uh, brewery I read today, which is just crazy. Perfecting this one uh, beer style with a few obvious different beers as well, but a crazy amount of history behind uh, this beer.
1: Yeah, it's also funny that they, I think it's fairly recent, right, that they've been releasing these low ABV examples, the Hansla and and also the non-smoked hairless and uh, Dunkles.
2: I'm a bit out of that. Okay. I used to work in that bottle store. Yeah, but, yeah.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. I, I, it's
2: been a few months for sure, probably more than a year by now. Yeah. yeah but they are experimenting. Yeah, uh, definitely, uh, yeah. I do remember that Eiche, the double box, oh, yeah. which is... Uh, Christmas percent, uh, percent. seasonal. Right? Yeah, mm. is, that's 8% I believe. But yeah. that's, that's, it's also there just
1: for maybe five years or so. Yeah. Well, a bit longer maybe. Yeah, it's funny because the bottle, it's, it's only talking tradition and german uh
0: so gothic yeah. heavy heavy yeah. gothic font
1: yeah, yeah the
2: font is
0: <laughs> so good
2: yeah. although it's it is on the bottle not very big but still on the, on the front label it's Brauerei heller and i think most people really don't know that brewery yeah. is called heller it's just yeah. Schlenkla speaks for, the, uh, for its own yeah it's just, uh, that's the brand
1: yeah mm. yeah but uh, yeah i find it interesting that they still also uh yeah, experiments, maybe not the right word, but still uh, develop new styles or looking into new directions, what they can do with this signature malt flavor um, uh, or without, actually. No IPAs, no bread, though. <laughs> Is this Yet? 100% smoked malt? Do you know? I think so.
2: I yeah. always, I think so as well. I yeah. read once that it isn't. I And okay. an argument with the writer
1: about it. Okay. But then I start doubting myself. Yeah, I've never seen the actual brewery or never spoke to brewers who work there so yeah there's also a bit of mystery around these german breweries sometimes that some are really open some are sort of closed i guess or there is always the brewery Mm. and the pub Mm. right and and but it's not the same as we have it here like th- it's in the same space the brewery is often somewhere else or behind uh behind the scenes and uh yeah there is a bit of mystery i guess I, yeah. I i don't know if it's
2: mystery i think i also want to say they're hiding it but if you go to uh well their the, the hall, that's called a proop up but then yeah. immense basically uh, that's all very rustic and old school like a like a brown amsterdam bar if you like Something like yeah, a restaurant way. more or less. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, but then yeah. the style or the atmosphere is yeah. is very brown. But then those breweries are likely very shiny. High tech, uh, hi, super high shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This famous absolutely, brewery builder from Bamberg, yeah. <laughs> absolutely German style yeah. perfectionism. And uh, I can imagine that doesn't really fit in those uh, those drink halls. No.
1: Not say they're hiding it, but it's just. No, but, but it's, it's just not, production for that. it's also yeah. it's their smoke malt and it's very yep. unique and i uh spoke to a distiller from Amsterdam that uh got a bag of their smoke malts to to make a distilled uh drink with that and uh and I, I remember that was also it was wasn't close to any like smoked malt whiskey or something. It was very delicate and I think I find that in in, in some smoke malts from German malters that you really have to use a lot because it's if you, if you smell the malt before you brew with it, it's, it's very distinctively as a smoked flavor, but not nearly as intense as some peated malts that can be, mm-hmm. that you only use a few percentage of in the whole malt bill. And, uh, yeah, with certain, uh, smoke malts from other malsters, you can use 100% smoke malt mm-hmm. and, uh, and not having an undrinkable beer.
4: Mm.
0: Yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I'm sure we'll nurse the rest of our glasses and, yeah. uh, yeah, it's such a great beer, so much character to it. And uh yeah. Let's uh, switch the attention to you guys a little bit and Carnival Le Bret. Let's just start right at the beginning and like um talk a little bit about the name. What is Bretonomyces to those that don't know? And and then who came up with the idea of doing a festival that celebrates it?
2: Well, the festival, despite the name, is not only about Bretonomyces. Yeah. It's um well, looking back, I think the festival is very much about what we like in a beer festival, and um, which might be uncommon, and that's what we put out there for the for the masses, for the masses, <laughs> the public. <laughs> 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 it's not quite the masses, I believe. <clears throat> uh malts is just well, it's 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 a yeast very different than than, than, than Saccharomyces, and it's uh, known in beers like like Lambic, Geuse, but also Ooh. Flemish Reds, um, and also more classically. More a long time longer time ago in uh, English hills, mm-hmm. Uh it develops over time a very often funky, whatever funky might actually mean, but yeah. a rustic character, often a fruity yeah. or rustic uh, character. Uh there is a lot of misconception about Bretomyces in mm-hmm. because because you do see a lot in a, or a lot. It's it's an important player in a, in Lembics. People expect Bratomyces to always give a sour beer, but then the, Usually it doesn't. It can do. That's a bit of a technical story. I'm not going to start that. I uh, was? I'm not sure what I was going to say. Obviously, I
3: think it, uh, it a lot of people do think that Brettanomyces just, just gives you sour beers, but I think that the, the yeast strain is actually gives you more complex flavors and more complexity in your in your flavor profile of your beer. Maybe that's what you want.
1: Something like that. Something yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And why I use that for the name of the festival? I was
2: interested in, uh, that, that, that's me, I don't know, for L.A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I was interested in many things in beer, but, but one was definitely yeast. And that was something that I've seen when I started in beer, which is around 2001, 2002 or something. I started working at the Beer Koning. And the old geezers back then, they were always talking about from yeast is 50% of the of the flavor of a beer. But then during the years I was working there, I noticed that it seemed less and less a known ingredient for, for consumers. It became less relevant. And I don't know, that's a bit of a chicken or egg story. Also, beer styles became less yeast uh, dominant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you come across this betanomyces thing, you come across, obviously, you know, you're. I knew uh, lembics, but then it's, dom- one of the dominant flavors of lembics is more indeed the sourness, and so not necessarily that the mice which is something you typically find in Old Orval. Uh, so I started to pinch down what that actually was, uh, and basically liked that, it was an interesting thing. And then Mikkeler came to the scene, yeah. and he started making beers with that, he's outspoken, look, this is a... Or Valkloon, basically, or 100% bread IPA, perhaps. I'm not sure what that. Maybe that was his brother.
0: Um, Who was it sorry? Mikla, did you say? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they were the first to start maybe using Breastanomyces in a sure modern they were the first craft beer li- Very
2: likely not, actually. But yeah. the first one to to actually promote that as an ingredient in their in the beer, to the on the label, if you like, okay. for, for people to know what it is. Of new school brewers. Of yeah. new yeah. school yeah. brewers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you won't find it on a, in Belgium, Brewery. Well, maybe no. the new school, but the old school, even if, if it wasn't there, that, that I wouldn't mention that. No. That's just something. It's there. Yeah. It, it's, it's there. It's yeah. fine. It's, it's supposed to be there. It's maybe not supposed to be there, but it's there and yeah. the final result is hopefully great. Yeah. And, well, I think I discussed with Elena before how this festival started and yeah. I believe we do not agree. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> well I, I, you start. You start I, I think
3: I think we have to, I think we, we we had two roads and uh, uh, before before we, we, we started the festival together, uh, I w- was I was working in the Wilderman and I used to have uh, uh Goze, Goze creek days and that was a two day festival. Uh, because I was completely besotted with uh with uh with Lambics and jose uh, and I, I wanted to to tell people you fools, please drink this it's fantastic mm-hmm. and uh i I just became kind of a bit of a fanatic with that and at the start uh so i i I started that in the Bumann as a as a small event and um but like literally i think. Four people came specially for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the two days. Yeah, because it was like not popular at all. And I think. The good old
2: days. The Atlantic good old days. days when, was yeah. this?
3: when was this? It before. Uh, it was
1: like. The years before the first yeah, the edition years of Carnival. Yeah. 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 I think
3: I did it for about three or four years before.
1: Yeah, so. 2010. Like, or yeah. Earlier, really well, eight, eight, maybe. Eight? Yeah.
3: eight, nine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I remember actually Tilkwen. He just, he just started. just oh, started. Yeah. We were one of his. Uh, I told, uh, I asked uh, the owners of the Builderman at the time, that's Hank and Else. You have to go there and collect uh, some of his stuff, and uh, we can have it in uh, at the event. And they were like, "Yeah, but but he's not in that area." And it's uh, uh, drama. <laughs> and then we went there and uh, and uh, and pay and just loaded up the car with that, and that was that was quite an interesting journey. Yeah,
2: it was a very different times. Yeah, a very eats, different if you time. Yeah. The setting of this festival, but we also with the beer koning, we used to we always used to drive to Cantillon and beer and all that. But then there was at some point these uh, uh, season series from Trifonteina, and they were like 40 euros a bottle or so. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling, trying to explain my boss, we really need to get those. We really need all we can get. Yeah. And he was like, Are you crazy? It's, it's a I huge had the amount of money. And, yeah. and then we, we bought quite a bit, and we could sell it reasonably well. But if you would do that now. That would just fly off the shelves in yeah. literally yeah. minutes. Yeah. it's just very different, very different time. But yeah. please move on.
3: Yeah, it, it is an extremely different time uh, because at the time, I tried to build up the cellar because there's a lot of room in the Wilderman to uh, to to build up the cellar to have different years and uh, and uh, different different uh, bottles and uh, they, uh, which is great because of the Wilderman, they're always open to ideas and always want to 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 experiment within their budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're very open. So they were like, Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. So that's fantastic, and it, to this day, I think there is actually still uh, a bottle of the Dreyfontein, I think it's summer or something. One bottle left. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's not on the menu. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not on the menu. You have to, you have to be nice and ask. Let's <laughs> go. Cool. No, but um, so that their their <laughs> seller, <laughs> their seller is yeah, because it, well, the secret
0: it, now. <laughs> yeah, the secret's out now. Yeah,
3: but um, yeah, so that was that was my start, and then what you were talking about, Mickler. Uh, I mm. went to Copenhagen. You that time and I went there and I just couldn't believe that uh that Mickler had a uh, beer with Bretanomitus and uh, and it, that just opened my mind to think because I was completely focused on that on on the Santa Valley and Piataland and that was it and that was the be all and end all of of everything and uh so and then I think we that was that was my background, so I w- wanted to continue with that. And then Jan, you had... Uh,
2: yeah, that's when I all the story comes in, I yeah. think. Maybe we, we do agree, possibly. Possibly, but, uh, at last, <laughs> after <laughs> nine at years. At <laughs> <last>. <laughs> yeah, we just needed a, a year rest for the yeah. festival. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the beer calling is 25 years, and we want to work together more yeah. with, uh, with the Wilderman to, to celebrate that or to... Work, work together more in general, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we organized a few tastings for Eddie Wilderman. One was about uh, single hop beers. Again, Mikkel. Mm. I tend to dislike that, that company a lot these days. But It's been very yeah. important in at your time. Very important indeed. Was, at the time,
3: they really were kind of pushing the envelope a bit. I'll take I everything think.
2: back, Mr. Mikkel. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so we did a, a single hop IP, uh, IPA uh, tasting and we asked... Some reason, uh, broer from, Vech uh, from the Praal to, uh, to lead it. Uh, then we also did uh, a stout, stout versus barrel stout, or not basically that not exist in but, but maybe chocolate stout or other additions. So put mm-hmm. two next to each other, uh, which was led by obviously Menno Olive here from uh, from the Molen, the big, then the big, uh, stout, the stout brewery, maybe still, actually, don't know. Uh, did some fun things there as well. So we barely aged some Rochefort just because of. Mm-hmm. That was really a wonderful thing to, wow. to do, especially, uh, especially mm-hmm. for the tasting. And then we decided, let's do another one with pretanomyces. And we want to ask uh, Guus, I've got a second name from a de Schans in Utrecht yeah. to, to, to lead it. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, no, I have a better idea, i want to... Want to make a beer of mice myself, but then it's going to take some time and wrap it up. And I said, well, "I have an even a better idea. We're going to ask all these brewers we know in the Netherlands to make a beer of Brettanomyces."
3: Mm.
2: And then a real ale was it?
3: Uh, it was a cask in a cask in a cask. Yeah, really? Yeah. Why was that? Oh well,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe logistics for the build money. Yeah, yeah, I think because everybody's yeah.
3: a bit afraid of uh, of, of, their lines. of making their lines. something <laughs> too particular
4: <laughs> as well. Yeah.
2: But then we found about ten or thirteen, I believe, uh, Dutch brewers to to make such a beer. Obviously, that took some time, and then we had something called the uh, Nederlandse Bretonomises which doesn't really sound very. Not got
0: the, to it, it it? got the ring to it, has it? doesn't got the
2: ring to it now. And the second year we started calling it Carnivale. I also think second year the the green goat came into the picture.
0: Yeah, tell and us about it's that. Also g- tell us about the goat a little bit. Who who is that? Where did the goat come from?
2: Asia, isn't it, <laughs> 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 it. I'm, not, I'm not sure i'm not sure why it's green but it seems to work very well uh but, but it's a very funky funky animal and our, our slogan to or false is that bread eats everything as in it's able at least to consume a lot of sugars more than um, uh, most saccharomyces can do yeah it's debatable by now but little did we know uh, and so, well, so does the goat he eats everything also that is actually debatable but <laughs> th- therefore <laughs> well,
0: actually, therefore wow. the goat yeah.
2: and also in that second year we start adding a few lectures we have obviously Mr. Ron Petterson, a beer historian yeah. mainly about uh, English beers and what mice is named after Britain for a reason it's where it's discovered uh, and as well I believe Sebastian Sauer who was uh, from Freigeist was definitely back then really into uh, resurrecting old German styles, not only German styles, old styles in general. So we had a few uh, bread porters and then stuff that was absolutely weird to us because we knew our lamb makes, we knew our Flemish browns, we knew our overall and the likes. But then a the bread porter, that was an amazing thing. So we did a tastingsless lecture. And from there, I also think the second year we started doing a food pairing. Yeah. art from there, nothing much has changed because only that for some reason it became a huge, big thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think I already know the answer to this question, but like, did you already have the ambition to set up a festival like this that attracts people from all around the world? I'm guessing it was more of a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I think we hate it. (laughs) We hate
2: it. Yeah. It consumes all our time and life. uh, Uh, It was never the intention. No. But apparently there was need for it. It was the right time, and we do enjoy doing uh, organizing it as well.
0: Mm. But that's a huge compliment to you guys. To you guys, though, that like now people from all around the world are traveling to come to Amsterdam to celebrate uh, Bretonomysis. It's uh, you're you're right. There must have been demand for it. And uh, what, so that first edition, just what what was the first edition like? Was it purely taking place just in the Vilderman?
1: And, uh, and the beer koning Yeah, it was, uh, it was the just two, the two, two locations. locations. Yeah. So yeah. Was it one day or two days? I think it was one day. Yeah, two. likely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe two, actually, yeah. Maybe one, I think Friday, Saturday. Possibly. Could yeah, be. I think there was a sort of Friday Middag Borrel style, uh, <laughs> just a couple of casks and kegs yeah. so on in the wilderman, and then Saturday tastings at the beer or something like that. hmm yeah, I really re- remember it well, you know. I, I remember walking into the Wilderman or uh, you both were sitting outside with a list. I think you were writing with all these names of breweries and sort of making the fir- planning for the first edition. Mm. And I really thought, ah, this is great. Because I, I also sort of uh, just started working in the Beer Temple over a year and I discovered that indeed uh, Lambic could be something really interesting or... Mm. Even, I sort of. I re- also really remember well drinking my first lambic when I was something like 16 years old, and it was probably something like Mortsebeet or uh, a Bellevue, and with a fake cherry flavor and really sweet. But uh, yeah, in the beer temple, I discovered there were were really interesting beers around. So I so I really remember also the excitement you guys both showed working on this list and this program for doing some tastings there, doing some. Uh, getting some beers to the Wildemann, Uh And uh, and I think it was, uh, yeah, I'm quite sure it was two days or at least the first editions were two days and then there was always a debate of adding Sunday or Thursday or, yeah, mm-hmm. growing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: But were there any initial goals at all or was it literally you guys just wanted to uh, celebrate this obscure beer-style well oh, we everything related to
3: it. We obviously want to conquer the world. <laughs> no, just kidding. No, we do. <laughs> I don't think we had any goals except for our enthusiasts. Well, for me, my I just wanted everybody to taste this uh the wonderful complexity <laughs> of all these beers and and to uh to to yeah I, that was at the start, and now I think it's more. I, I like the idea of uh, of the uh, sharing knowledge. Mm-hmm. I think that's extremely important, especially nowadays, because a lot of uh, 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 things, like for example, in in farmhouse sales or or with Lithuania or with the North, that that all those things are dying out, and if people don't collect that knowledge. It will be lost because a lot of that knowledge is just oral knowledge. Mm. And uh, so th- that for me, that's social and cultural um, history is, for me is very important. So that would be one of my aims at the at this point. But the event.
1: first, did I understand right that the first edition was really about challenging Dutch brewers, maybe after Goose yeah. uh, to to embrace this
3: yeah. wild which, which
1: microorganism you just threw yeah. up a
3: ball and uh, it and, and challenged did. them yeah
1: yeah. and I remember um, and then and, and then international brewers also came in, or I remember also me working in the beer and seeing that this was also taking off in the US mm. uh, that there were a couple of Smaller but also bigger breweries really focusing on bread like Chester King, Yeah, uh, also I think Crooked Stave already back then yeah. was...
2: Uh, yeah, but most of these are younger than the festival itself. Also Mild the Fung, which is basically a Facebook group with a, a wiki page or wiki project uh, mm. combined, which is now a huge thing with, with tens of thousands of uh, people who are into... Making funky beers, if you like.
1: Yeah, yeah. pro uh, and, uh,
2: and homebrewers. Pro and homebrewers. Yeah. But that also just started in 2012. So it's it uh, quite yeah. a bit of pioneering indeed. Yeah. And as for goals, you were asking, I think that we like to put things in the festival, at least now. Initially, it yeah. was just something that grew organically, still does. Uh, we, I think we like to put some things in there, but that we miss in the in the general overall craft beer scene mm-hmm. which i think often is a bit bit one dimensional and a bit too much about ticking beers so so I really try to push indeed uh, those lectures or meeting brewers talking brewers uh, not challenge people but show people like from hey you could actually do this at home as well you mm-hmm. can just start fermenting your grapes or whatever and there is more in life than just uh, just a New England IPA, what it is today. Yeah. I love those actually, but there's this whole other side of craft beer brewing, yeah. which is what we try to showcase by by by, by, by giving you the beers, but also the, the knowledge or, or history or uh, and the whole philosophy of brewer's spirit.
0: Were people ready for it? You mentioned that there was four people at your event in the Wildermann. yeah. Were people ready for, to be exposed to <clears throat> this? Well,
3: before Carnival Retomises for the Geus and Gozenkrieg uh, days, no. No. That would be a no.
2: But it was slowly there. But it was, was slowly right there. And,
3: uh, uh, people who did like it really loved it. But it was, it's actually like a love and hate, re- at the time a love and hate relationship. It was like, so fun, uh, why, why, what are you drinking that? That should be on your salad.
4: Mm. And, <laughs> uh, you
3: know, the, those stereotypical uh, remarks and uh, and it was it wasn't at all uh, popular, so I think it has uh, it has grown a lot. Uh, people's tastes and quest for different things, or I don't know, or, or a reaction to to the monarch culture that we have at the moment.
2: Although I think most of our guests or visitors are coming from outside the Netherlands. That's true. My, I have no idea actually, but that's my feeling. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's also very much a brewers festival, right? Where, uh, yeah, but yes. um, there are uh, many brewers in the Netherlands. <laughs> that shouldn't be the problem. <laughs> yeah. But it's not only a brewers festival. I mean, it's, it's this whole mix of people. Yeah, there's lots of, obviously lots of brewers. Yeah. Also, who just come as uh, as a visitor, and sometimes been here for years that we had no idea that we were actually hanging out here as well. Uh, lots of home brewers again from everywhere that travel a lot, a lot to to get here. And then there is people who are well don't have the interest in home brewing or brewing themselves but are definitely interested in diving way deeper than ordinary consumer mm. uh, into into this this weird weird world of yeast mm.
0: we're going to take a quick break to call erwin havocott to find out what he's got in his fridge erwin is the founder of the homebrewers group here in amsterdam so i've got high expectations Let's give him a call.
5: Hello, this is Erwin
0: speaking. Hi Erwin, this is Danny. How are you doing? Hi Danny, hi. Good, good. Hey Erwin, what have you got in your fridge? Hi, hi, thanks for having me.
5: So at the moment I have three places where I store my beers. Uh, Of course, first my fridge. But I also have a, a kegerator in which I uh, serve my homebrewed beers. And uh, lastly, I have what I call my stash of beers. So I'll start with my kegerator, which is basically a refrigerator which I repurposed to be my home beer tap for my homebrew. I bought like an almost new display fridge on Marktplatz. It's one of those fridges with glass windows, and they, they usually sell cans in them in sports clubs. I measured it, and it fitted exactly three kegs which uh, normally homebrewers use i turned it into uh, a three-tap homebrew machine and now it's proudly in my kitchen at the moment i have three beers in there the oldest beer is it's uh, a beer which i brewed for uh, one of our homebrew competitions a sour belgian stout which i, I used uh, uh, the and some some other bacteria to make it sour the second beer I have on my, uh, my home tap is a sort of a fantasy beer. My girlfriend really enjoys sort of low-alcohol, dark beers. So I always try to have one of them on tap. Before, I had a, a dark mild and a Czech lager, a dark Czech lager. And then my third beer, which I currently have on tap, which is also a quiet beer. But I, I try to, to make a, like a pseudo lager. So with, with uh, the crack yeast, if you ferment it at low temperatures, it becomes really crisp, almost lager-like. So I, I just made it into exactly what a lager would be, only then fermenting it with crack. It's just like an easy drinking, nice sipping-on-the-balcony beer. Uh, nice. It's okay. kind of a, a nice experiment.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Sounds it. So moving on to the one of the other storages, is it we're we on the fridge now, or is it? Are we yeah, currently
5: the... my fridge is a bit eclectic, I would say. So uh, currently, I'm I'm dabbling with my homebrewing into a sour IPA. So this is new uh, new yeast, which was just released, which is called Philly Sour, and it it makes uh, during fermentation it also adds lactic acids like Lactobacillus. So you yeah. end up with a, a sour beer. So okay. the, 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 yeast, the yeast will turn the beer sour. So in my fridge, it's just my normal fridge, and I'll have um, a beer by Alvin called Faxtine 1.0, which is a, a sort of sour IPA. I have another sour IPA, which is a collaboration between Moorslothal and Edge Brewing from uh, Spain.
0: Yeah, and Moorslothal from Alkmaar, yeah, obviously.
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And I have two great sours, so grape ales, one is uh, by an American brewery called Orpheus Brewing. Okay. And another one's by a Canadian brewery called Burdock. Ah, uh, yeah. Normally, I don't have such an eclectic mix of beers in my fridge, but at the moment, uh, yeah, I'm quite happy to have these. I also have what I call my stash, in which I have all these sort of more complex sour beers from Belgium, the, the, uh, the Grosers and the Creeks and the sour ales. Yeah. So I really, I'm really impressed with those, but... On the other hand, I also really kind of went back to more basic. (laughs) So I I tend to, uh, so in the Corona times, I I, uh, made a regular run every two or three weeks. I go to Café Brecht in Amsterdam and they do German beers. And I just get like a crate filled with German beers. and, And some of them are very, very simple like a, a Rheinheizke bought very simple beers, but I, I, I really sort of regrew my appreciation for, for those uh, those styles, like a, like a German Helles like a, or a, or, a, or an export beer. I ca- kind of built my fridge around what I have on tap. So whatever I have on tap, I don't need to buy, and then I'll, I'll buy whatever I don't have.
0: Nice, okay.
5: have this broad spectrum of, of beers which I can kind of
0: choose from. So you're always fully stocked it sounds it sounds like yeah yeah
5: yeah so it was kind of lucky that just before the whole corona crisis hit i i, I had a a a belgium trip so we went to poytalamp which is the yeah. uh, the home of lambics we completely filled up the car to the brim with uh, with, with bottles of uh, of out there. so the cum, which i really really love the fontaine
0: Nice. Now, Owen, you, you run or help out with the Homebrewing Association here in Amsterdam. Do you want to let people know where they can find you?
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity. So so we have a, a homebrew group, which we started a bit over two years ago, called Foobar. And before the whole corona hit, we, we met once a month and we have competitions every three months. We're an open for all uh, homebrew group, which means you can just come and say hi, drop in. I have a beer with us. You can come once. You can come every time. There's no qualifications you need. You don't need to brew beer, and there's no fees. So we're trying to be just very, very uh, welcoming to, to to everyone who's interested in in home brewing beers and help them out to to become uh, either brewers or better brewers or just have a fun fun evening once uh, once every uh, every month.
0: Nice man. Well, I'll hopefully see you down there soon myself.
5: Yeah, that would be
0: great. <laughs> yeah, but thanks for chatting. It's been really good to hear about what you've got in your fridge and uh, I'll hopefully see you soon.
5: Great. Nice to have
0: you on. with have on. Okay. No worries, Erwin. Okay, have a nice day. All right. And you. Bye. Bye-bye. A very special thanks to Irwin. If you are a keen homebrewer or would like to know more, you can find some more information in the show notes. If you want to talk about your fridge, send a message to radio at audipus.com. For now, let's jump back into it with Jan, Elaine and Sander. We have kind of a 2 parted question now that I want to ask, and it might I might be answering it with the question, but at what point did the international element come in? And do you remember a changing point where it became a lot bigger than it had been the previous edition? Uh,
2: second year, we had the German Brewer, this uh, okay. guys.
0: We'll allow that, international. Uh, perhaps as
2: well Pope's Yard. Mm. Yeah, well, actually, after year one, this somewhat this Nederlandse british Christmas was somewhat just a just a little thing, at least if you look back to it. Yeah. Uh, but after that, we got it was Jeremy from a, a guy from a beer shop in Manchester who, who reached out That's to right, us, like from Hey, what are you doing? Yes. Oh,
0: yeah. It's what is this? What are you
2: doing? Place. Can I can I help? Are you going to do yes. it? Are you doing it again next year? Mm-hmm. So somehow that the words got spread. A little bit. Bob's yard was a brewer, like, pretty much classic cascale brewer from uh, near London somewhere. Uh, I think he also reached out, like, for me, hey, I'm brewing this classic cascales, uh, but i also having and this weird project borders, on the side. Yes. Yes. keeping <laughs> 10% yeah. imperial
1: status on bread.
3: Yeah. Keeping porters. No, it, 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 so, no, it so, tastes uh, like shite, but wait for a year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So after year one, somehow that actually that the word already spread, and then it's a bit of a snowball, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although we worked hard in the beginning to to get like fancy brewers, and also someone has been helping out. We he were still working at the Beard temple, I think, to get Jessica King here. Mm-hmm. We've been worked really hard on Anchorage. That never worked, never, never oh happened. Yeah. But then at this point, people reach out to us usually, and we say, "Well, maybe not. You're too big.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no way."
1: It's also, I think it it started in a really interesting point in time in the craft beer movement, especially in the Netherlands, where I think IPAs were amongst beer people something. Maybe already, I remember a conversation with you, Jan, also, I think around those days where... You argued more or less that uh, IPAs could be the next pills, more or less that it it it, be, it can become mm-hmm. so big, and uh, uh, and I I I couldn't see that because I I we were already homebrewing and I thought yeah it, it you can never produce it on the same scale for the same and sell it for the same price as as pills so it won't be but it 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 did get a sort of more of a commodity or a sort of a, a a beer style that everybody. Recognizes oh, and, and became the Belgian Blonde, I suppose. Yeah, yeah perhaps yeah. for what that was in the Netherlands before mm. IPAs came around, yeah. or before craft started. And this was, I think, a really interesting time where I think people wanted to look a bit further. Uh, you also mentioned once, working in the beer conning, that people come in first asking for the... Strongest beer, then for the most bitter beer, then sour and mm. after some time the circle's round, and people end up with uh, buying pills again <laughs> uh, but the that, that, that sour wild beer is something you you most people only appreciate after discovering uh Belgian more sweeter uh, stronger beers and then uh bitter hop forward beers and and only then most people are ready for more funky or rustic yeah,
2: unless you, unless you come from a wine background. I think, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah,
1: mm. yeah looking from a beer space. But yeah, I'm trying to say that, that this was, and, and this was an international thing, of course, this craft beer movement. Uh, and in the US, there was were things going on, UK, Scandinavia. Uh, but also in Belgium, new brewers started. And, and looking back at the heritage or Sebastian Sauer uh, in Germany, Uh Try to reinvent these historic styles. And but I think it was around that time that a couple of these things came together and something like this could mm. emerge from that. Mm. Apparently, yes. Yeah. 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 Mm. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I was wondering if the, is there any other uh festivals that celebrate these wild bears internationally or
2: uh, there are small festivals in the US and of like funk uh, also actually at Kromharing we do a uh, one day funk fest. Yeah. Uh, very notable in in Italy. there is uh, arrogant sour. but then we are not a sour beer festival, and they are probably not a bread festival. That's, we, our attention is really to focus on yeast uh, and a few other things like weird herbs from the past, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not necessarily on sour beer, so that that is different. Actually, most festivals again. It's it, uh, well, we have a bit of a monoculture in beer. Oddly enough, with all those breweries and everything was happening and everything is exciting and everything is exciting. It's great to have all those mainly IPAs uh, uh, just for the grabs if you want them. I'm pretty happy with that. But then also everyone is doing the same and also festival wise. Last year we were in uh, Berlin and there was a. Festival of festivals, they organized for the Berlin Beer Week. Mm-hmm. So they asked about, I, I'm not sure, 20 or 40 festivals, I forgot, like a whole lot of the festivals from all over Europe to uh, come over and showcase a few beers from their festival. And 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 that then was that on zich was a festival. So you have these little stands instead of instead of brewers behind it, you had festival organizers behind it. And everyone's doing the same. Okay, there is arrogant sour in in Italy, which is Wonderful, although I've never been. Sounds sounds wonderful. Uh, there was a Lager Festival again in Italy, and otherwise everyone is doing the same. Like, from here's an IPA, here's an imperial stout. Maybe there's a all for you. And that's how much I like my IPA and my stout. It's also it's a monoculture again, uh, so we I think we also try to be this black goat, black sheep to to, to push those. Uh, which just boundaries, a bit.
0: And your festival is a lot to do with uh, showcasing and learning as well, right? It's not just about the yeast and introducing people to new things. And I think for
2: the same reason, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Which is maybe different to uh, your average beer festival, which is just about drinking, uh, obviously, your beer styles. Um, but yeah, each year it brings different beers and brewers, and it seems like it's very community led. Festival? How do you program such a festival? How do you keep up to date? Yeah. <laughs> Very, with difficulty. <laughs>
2: you have seen this Facebook page where we people pretend to be at Carnivale, and I think yeah. it, it's it's one long list of people making jokes, and I think yeah. half the jokes are about like from rescheduling program on the day itself.
0: Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, last
2: year we had about I think you can correct me if I'm wrong about 15 locations we worked with, about 100 events, bigger or smaller, within. Those fifteen locations within four days. Fifteen locations.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and, no, then, no, it's actually, it's and that's it's actually poor, a, at least working. for us troublesho- troubleshooting it <laughs> on the day itself. It's just yeah, basically it's one big mess. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's part of the charm. That's part of the yeah, yeah. fun uh, of trying to do it Brett, yourself. Right? It's, it's yeah. a bit punk, I suppose. And
1: <laughs> yeah, I remember it was like four, and I thought, okay, was a but yeah, of course, also. Yeah, the a person Yeah, I records There. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Kef, Madrid, yeah it's it's, it's nice. about 14
2: locations. It's 14 locations. Yeah,
4: it's chaos. Mm. But, lovely, uh, lovely but chaos.
3: it's fun. It's <clears> lovely yeah, It's lovely too. but uh, it's uh, it's it's a lot of a, a lot of
2: organization. Uh, I think it's really part of the charm, the, yeah. the chaos and for people who don't think so, well then well, maybe it's not your festival, yeah, yeah. it's just what it is. <laughs>
0: That's for sure. Are you conscious at all as it's uh, gathered a bit of steam over the years to be a bit of accessibility or anything like that attracting maybe non brewers, let's say? Is it not something you, you think about?
3: Well, I think, well what last year there was like fourteen festival, uh, 14 locations and they weren't all um like for example last year we had a a the a, 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 a film and that wasn't just about that was uh Oh yeah about um Lambic. Lambic. Mm. So yeah okay it was about okay a lot of <laughs> brewers went to that. <laughs> no but there's a there's a few uh beer and and food tastings or beer and uh, uh and cheese tastings and, and stuff like that and we also did a lot of, uh, a few lectures that weren't specifically related on uh brewing. So uh yeah I think it has uh uh uh, a lot of uh, it has a lot of potential to even grow bigger because, well, what what it really is is, is what we're re- well, what, what we're really trying to do is just focus on on different ways of of using yeast and not have a monoculture of of, of a particular part, particular yeast strain. Like it is, it's like going into uh, the ocean and seeing life. Uh, under under ten ten miles of uh, of water,
4: mm-hmm.
3: you know it's undiscovered. There's a, a lot world. to be discovered. There's a new world. It's you don't have to. We we don't have to go to to Mars. That could be interesting. Sorry, I'm going on the tangent there. No, but um, fine. but you know you you there's a world to discover about that and that doesn't really just involve uh, brewing it's it's across the whole board of, of the planet that we live on so the, the possibilities are endless and i think that's the the charm as well about about this festival because you can go you can literally go organically into all different areas of of uh, of society and not just brewers that's what I think.
2: Anyway. I don't think we never intend to be a brewer's no. festival. Brewers are very not interested to be there. They're just, yeah. We, we definitely do not intend to be a, a more regular beer festival uh, where you just go to a stand and grab a beer, taste it, discuss with your friend whether you like it or not, take it off and on taps and move on. We definitely do not want to be dead. We want to challenge people to... Hey, you you get this lambic, but first you'll have to listen to, uh, mm. I don't know, to Jean-Marc Roy for an hour, and then you get your lambic. That's mm. what we like. <laughs> <But Yeah. laughs> that's just fun, because we, yeah. we hate people, really. <laughs> 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 but, but, but everyone's more than welcome, and people, mm-hmm. still, there's also many people who don't brew whatsoever yeah. who are uh, enjoying this festival.
1: Mm. How important is the city uh, for the festival? <laughs> Not <laughs> at all. No.
3: I also have uh, well, the impression that... Well, uh, well, we could just say that it's called Carnival, Bretonomitas because a carnival always
1: moves. Okay. It could be anywhere, you think? Because expanding also from two locations to 14, it, including a, a, a really characteristic brown bar where beer plays a role for sure, but is not much like a beer bar, like a monumentje. Yeah. And asking a couple of brewers to play records there <laughs> while Bag & Box Girardin is on the bar. Mm. Uh, yeah, that that is a, also, to me, I interpret that as, as showcasing Amsterdam bar culture as well. And having the people coming over, hey, uh, if you're on your cycle around the city... Discovering the city, discovering the bars, discovering the Waalse Kerk for a lecture, mm. discovering Amsterdam north uh, mm. taking the ferry. Uh, please stop by this bar, and and people came. Huh? I saw familiar faces because it was on the schedule or it was on the. Yeah. The, it was programmed. Yeah,
2: it's, but it's not unlikely that that part of the success is because it is in Amsterdam. But that doesn't mean we can change at some point the formats because
1: Tokyo edition.
2: Yeah. Tokyo, yeah. yeah <laughs> we don't know what I do know it's, it's we uh, well there's obviously this whole COVID thing we don't know no, we no. didn't do this festival this year nobody knows if it's possible next year so it, it, it does create uh, a moment where we can actually just do things completely different although we have no idea yet at all well we have plenty of ideas for years they're not a secret we've been thinking to go to, to a camping or whatever yeah. it's not because, well, there's no official plans, <laughs> nothing close to official, nothing by the way. Nothing close <laughs> at all. Just thoughts, thoughts. Thoughts, yeah. We a- always have, well, always, but we have those for the last few years because it is big and indeed when it can grow, and we're just talking here for the last half hour about potential and then can it go bigger and it's from, yeah, but what we don't want to be is. People sitting in an office all day organizing a festival. No, no. We gotta keep it nice and chaotic, but at some point it's just too big
0: for this. Buying so committees, and... marketing campaigns. Oh it... no. <laughs> <fine>. no.
2: <laughs> no, thank you. So that's that's the, the hate parts. I mean it takes over our lives a lot. So doing it differently is might be fun. And also again a bit uh I guess challenging challenging people yeah. as well, again. Yeah, mm. for sure.
0: No, I think it was interesting what Stan is saying, because I, I, if you look at the timeline of it and how um, big and there's so many big players within the Amsterdam uh, beer scene now and what, what would have been the ninth edition now, it's, it really is a celebration of that community and your growth has been the same as the growth beer population in Amsterdam. So I think in that way, Amsterdam is extremely relevant uh, then, right? In that uh, yes. growth as reflects on each other a little bit. Absolutely. Well, we're
3: all. I mean, uh, we're we're always uh, when when we approach somebody or a location to ask them because the, it it really is like we just ask them. Can we use your location? Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. This year, we were, we wanted to uh, use the the camping in uh, Flekobos, mm-hmm. and it was just literally just going to him and said, "Well, can can we use your location? And mm-hmm. you know, is it all right?" And, uh, and then it's like uh, working together and that's and then the owner, the, the person, he, he was saying, yeah, well, I have these ideas and uh, we could do this and we could say, yeah, that's a great idea mm. or not or whatever. So the, there's always uh, all the locations that we do have or that we do use in, in Amsterdam are all the, the owners or the people who work there are really into it. And that's very, very valuable because otherwise it just wouldn't work. I, mean, yeah, I
2: think we owe them we owe them, if, them if everything. They're, if, if they're really. all listening and they're from what are you going to do are you going to move out of Amsterdam they' from no 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 we're going to talk with you we're see going what to you talk think with them. yeah we owe you yeah, <laughs> yeah. no so, worries
3: yeah so that's uh and uh w- I we really appreciate that because it's it's people open oh the openness of people uh, is you you can never under underestimate that or uh, take it for granted because uh you just have to feel the love and spread the love, and uh, and that's how community works because mm. that that's literally literally what it is, you know. It's it's people helping each other out and uh, and uh, and having a bit of crack at the t- same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, cheers to that. Yeah, yeah. Let, so yeah, like like I just want to introduce this beer a little bit that uh, some of us have started drinking. But yeah, Carnivala has a range of different events that go on: uh, tastings, dinner pairings, sort of just. Beer festivals, anything else I've missed? But one of the things that uh, was a product of the last edition, 2019, was this live brewing. And maybe Sandra, I remember seeing you actually participating in this. So maybe you can explain a little bit about this uh, beer we have in front of us.
1: Yeah, I was, I think, very characteristic for the festival and wow. the the chaos that uh, that uh, Jan and Elaine spoke about before. Because this was a project that started, of course, through email and uh, with a Lithuanian brewer and then Jan and Lane and maybe you or Scott, our bar manager, at the same time. And can we do a brew, can we do a stone brew yeah. with this Lithuanian farmhouse yeast? And the funny thing is, Simone is from uh, Dundelis, this uh, Lithuanian brewer. Uh, he has this yeast and he's talking about, he was. We did the brew together on our homebrewing equipment, and uh, actually we used stones to heat the mash, and it uh, was unboiled and fermented with this yeast strain uh, that can ferment a beer in a day. Mm. So he, he explained about going to to music festivals in the past, and then brew beer the day before and and package it the day after on the morning that they they drive to the festival and have. A day year old or a day old uh, a day old beer uh, for throughout the festival, um, but yeah, it was uh, kind of chaotic because okay, what stones do you use? How do we make a fire? And yeah, of course we have homebrewing equipment. We have. Beer ingredients, uh, plenty, you know. So I think we can make it work. But I remember going in the morning, cycling around Amsterdam <laughs> north, looking for stones. Stones. No idea what kind of stones
2: he needed. Or I, I remember that the, somehow he the, his, the, he needed juniper as well for his brew. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somehow yeah, yeah. that, that oh, got yeah. lost in the, in the transport. But then obviously, this Calivala, so there's other brewers who also bought juniper. Yeah. So that, that's the great thing. So we, yeah. we found some juniper somewhere <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> from other yeah. brewers from Norway, actually. Yeah, from, he uh, sent over I his yeast
1: uh, prior to the festival, so that's been sitting in our cold room until the brew day. But the brewing was really easy, and it was uh, kind of fun because, uh, yeah, we uh, do the opening or have been doing the opening on Thursdays of the festival for a couple of years now at our brewery in Amsterdam North, And... uh yeah apart from doing also uh, these uh, mega collaborations there there was always i think activity in the brewery during the festival but this was something different because he had this he also brought beers for the festival that he was pouring and next to it there was a fire and a brew kettle <laughs> every now and then there was a stone going into the mash and but it was also a really lazy brew because you don't have to boil it's just about heating up the mash with a bunch of stones mm-hmm. so gas was also not really necessary we Heated up some strike water for the mash, but that was it. And then we only have to chill it from 60 to 40, so (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) something like that, or 70 to 40. And then the yeast can go in at 40 or at 35 or so, like ridiculously warm. But the day after, it was at, uh, yeah, 3.4 Plato, and uh, we racked into two kegs. Simone was over the next day, and I was like, yeah, is this done? It, I read uh, three Plato's. Oh, yeah, yeast must have been lazy, but uh, go on, package. And uh, yeah, we put a day old beer on tap uh, in our tap room. And yeah, I, I poured some beer, I growled some, some beer, so poured it from the tap into a bottle, saved some, and sure, it dried out. <laughs> I think it's and quite the yeast nice. was lazy, but uh, wasn't dead. Uh, and it's, yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh pretty. Uh, yeah, this is a saison, I would say. This mm-hmm. is a very much a farmhouse beer with some leathery, maybe a bit band aid flavors from the bread and the mices. There must be bread and the mice in this yeast culture, or it was our fermenter that was, uh, wasn't was <laughs> clean properly.
0: It's uh, like sour sweets, I think. It's.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah, what you could get, but the color is kind of light, but yeah, the idea of adding stones to a brew, the stones are ridiculously warm, and that you get, and that's what you saw happening. Uh, Adding those in the mash, there's massive caramelization going on around the stone. So, Mm. the the aim for these stone brews is getting these caramelized flavors into the beer. I'm not sure if that if that's still something you can pick out, but yeah, talking about sweets, that could could be that. Mm. Mm. Still in fairly decent condition. I poured this already a while back, but the carbonation was. I opened one this morning, it was really lively, and uh, yeah. But it go, it,
2: it, it went, this went from three Plato to zero? in a Nah, minute. I don't know
1: if it's zero, but uh, the, nah, then the bottle wouldn't survive, yeah. no, 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 no. Mm. no. With the carbonation that we, so yeah, we racked into a keg and then uh, four-scarbed it uh, in the bar, but um, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it's, it's definitely unique. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, nah, yeah yeah no 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 for me this really characterizes what the festival is about like really last minute getting yeah. this brew together there was a brewery full of people and we were walking <laughs> with this kettle yeah. uh with 70 degree wort back to the brewery to chill it and uh but everybody comes in to help or or moving people out of the way and making sure this is being done uh uh safe and yeah, uh sure. yeah indeed the juniper that that was lost but hey somewhere pops up and uh yeah the enthusiasm is uh yeah, is it's, uh, it's, really
0: uh really characteristic it's really special i was involved in that 2019 edition uh, helping pl- uh, plan that opening party. in i felt a bit unorganized trying to do my best i think it was maybe one of the first events i was involved in and then four o'clock when we opened like none of the people that i thought was going to be serving the beer were there and i was like <laughs> Oh crap. What, what, where is where is everyone? But then they <laughs> arrived five minutes later, Jan was uh, here or there. I sometimes I couldn't find but that's that was the whole joy of the festival. But then when people came, that was the beautiful thing, was just like everyone was so interested and, and and so enthusiastic about what was going on and it's one of the better events we've done in terms of the audience because they were just so open and interesting and so thankful and from all around the world as well. It's really special. Yeah, it was was really great to be involved.
1: It's a bit of a family,
2: huh? Yeah, it is. It is a bit of a family, yeah. At least, well, again, during those days, I'm usually super busy. I don't get to...
1: But you interact with the people. You interact, but not as much as I would like to. Okay. Uh,
2: And I also... uh, Maybe
1: more from a practical standpoint, but... Uh, Yes, yes, (laughs) definitely. Just, just, Mm. can you pick up this beer for me, please?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Also that, but I'm just usually extremely stressed. And I I remember a few years ago when Justin King as well, here at the opening at uh, Oedipus, and Justin King was one of the, if I'm correct, one of the first uh, American brewers we, we had over. Making me extra nervous because who Americans? You know,
0: yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. How Your things go? State. Pressure, yeah.
2: Yeah, I could stay for us before, and yeah. but but again, I, I really want. I also admire Just King a lot, mm. so I really want to to see him shake hands and 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 then. I was, but I was completely stressed. Like I'm, mean, that's you don't, you don't want to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the horrors. So, but I found this guy. And I was like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? I else you to tell? All this like, from are you okay? And it, he, he probably noticed it. Like from he started talking about his kids and oh, asked right. if I had kids. I start
0: yeah. chatting about that, which helps a lot. Yeah, he's a human being as
2: well, It's right? a human being, but it helps. because I mean, uh, Maybe it's just a very, very normal human thing to do indeed, but uh, it is, it's very much a family in it, I think.
0: Mm. Very special.
1: Yeah, I've heard that from from plenty of participants. Also, uh, I like to mention Ulrike uh, from Schneehule from <laughs> Berlin. <laughs> Always staying out at our brewery in our uh, uh, camper van and uh, oh, washing well, up I in know the brewery every about. morning yeah. and brushing her teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, during the opening. A couple of times, a couple of years in a row, she may say, hey, everybody's there again. uh, Really mentioning this family uh, uh, bond she has with all these people that are attending, participants of the festival, but also visitors. Mm -hmm.
2: But we don't have a good view on that. Like, again, too too, too busy, but also there is no ticket sales. You don't enter a festival terrain, so we have no idea how many people actually show up to this. And and, and obviously the people you know and the family people, if you like, you, you, you find those and so, wow! Everyone's here again, but I'm I'm very unsure about who else around is at
3: that festival. Yeah, and I uh, I, I actually haven't <laughs> gone to any anything that's happening in the festival because I do the dinners, uh, so I'm in the kitchen for for the three days. Oh. So I just go to the opening party there at uh, Oedipus and then uh, and then hope for the best, and uh, and then I'm in 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 the kitchen and i just meet the brewers that i'm uh, that i'm working with at the for the, for those dinners but um every year i say no i'm just going to do one dinner and then i'm going to actually Lucas enjoy uh, the um, festival festival. (laughs) I haven't got around to
1: doing that yet but do you think you 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 might do that because also Ravi is in the church day in day out (laughs) he doesn't see any sunlight it's really
2: important to mention Ravi yeah yeah Yeah, he he joined our team like like two three years after we started I think I've no idea how old the guy now is but he might have been 16 then yeah he was hanging out to and he started hanging out for the carnival and he's definitely part of the team doing lots of work mm. from abroad that is, is working in, in Scotland now uh,
0: we, did tr- we did mention that we were going to try and get him on the show as a three mm. but unfortunately the current yeah. situation made that difficult but,
1: yeah, but do you think I would uh, love him to, to to be able to, to enjoy the festival. But same for you, you know, mm. being in the kitchen uh, the, or, or you, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. interacting with the, the, the brewers in another way than just, hey, uh, can you get this beer from here to there? Or can you reschedule such and such? I'm stuck here. Uh.
2: Yeah, no, we're getting better with it. Yeah? These days we actually work with volunteers, other than people like yeah. uh, like you guys at Udipus or people at their locations, but extra volunteers for the overall things. Since last year we started doing it, it helps a bit. Yeah, uh, we we just have to find our own way. That's how we always do it, and that's why it's such a, well, a beautiful monster or something. something yeah. Like yeah, right.
3: Yeah. And we um, and I think uh, we like to uh, we, like, for example, because la- last year we had uh, we had more locations, but because we were really enthusiastic about people who wanted to come, so we said, yeah, of course you can. And then we all we always kind of say, yeah, 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 and then think, oh, how are we going to? Fit them in and do do things like that. How are and we going to pour, yeah, yeah.
2: pour all that beer?
3: Yeah. How are we going to pour all that beer? And then it's major stress. And then we think, oh, maybe we, maybe we shouldn't have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> but because they're so brilliant, yeah, of course you can come. You know, it's 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 uh, it's very hard, I think, for us to uh, say no to say no, <laughs> and to to step step back and enjoy the festival. Well, I mean, I I, it's much easier for me because I'm more like I just do the dinners and then I'm that's me for the three days and I'm safe in my little bubble. (laughs) But um, I think if you if I didn't do that, I, I would probably be completely well stressed out because I would think, oh, that barrel needs to go there or we have to collect
1: stones for (laughs) Simonas. So, uh, yeah. I got some good spots for you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I heard, he sent me an email, he said, yeah, I'm going to bring everything, but I don't, I don't, I I think I won't bring the stones because they're a bit heavy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure we can find
0: stones. uh,
2: We are learning. There's also Tim, Tim Decker is another guy who just, uh, 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 outbrow. Outbrow. big, big American guy, uh, lives in California. Uh, but he, he basically took over the whole home homebrewing uh, yeah. section, which was which brilliant. Is, well, you know, yeah, you've seen what it is. But uh, it, yeah. it, how many brewers this year we planned? Like maybe thirty or so. If it, if it wasn't more, don't don't take me as I'm not sure about the numbers, but such an amount of homebrewers, and they're coming also again from from Italy, from Spain, from the UK, from the US, from Brazil, mm. and he basically deals with all that. Mm. So we slowly. Yeah, the planning committee is yeah, coming yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, <laughs> these office people slowly, but slowly but surely.
0: So, twenty twenty one, what can we expect? <clears throat> we talked about this already, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a camping in the woods. Camping in the woods, or
2: just just something else, but only at Monumenta. Nobody knows. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> nice. Well, let's fingers crossed we can have it. Um, but yeah. Let's move on and let's do the quiz, I think. It's come to that time at the end of the show. The quiz? uh, Yeah, we get to do the quiz. Quiz. Now, I'm very excited about this quiz. Who made the questions?
3: Yeah, who made the questions?
0: I made them. So, I have some uh, assistant here. So basically, the, the theme of the quiz is always themed around the guests. Obviously, this year, uh, this uh, show it's going to be themed around Carnival Brettonomysis. So I have made 10 anagrams of breweries that have been uh, <laughs> involved at Carnival Brettonomysis. Rearrange the letters and guess the brewery. That's the thing. I have made some <laughs> assisting uh, uh, notes here as well. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. So here we go. We, you have a bit of time uh, to figure these out. But yeah. So, question number one is Alan Relativeness. That is, that is the name of All the... Hold f- them up. <laughs> that, that's a brewery or a person? That's a brewery. Alan Relativeness.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the easiest quiz. Uh, this is oh, the, I it? think this might <laughs> be one of the hardest.
0: But yeah. Uh, this, uh, this one is maybe more local than, um, than, than some of the other breweries.
2: I like the team, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> so I, anyway. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Oh, Naval Artisanal. Oh, there we go. Yeah, correct. Naval, oh naval. naval art- Artisan Ales. Naval. Yeah. So if you rearrange that. I, if you just have Naval. Range, yeah, yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Is okay. this a whole point? Uh, i'll let them have it i'll let them have it because i'm sure i'm going to beat them on the other ones oh yeah yeah of course
1: oh they're on fire now
0: question uh question number two have you got it i think it's on the back of uh, alan okay yeah, on the back of alan so it's the number two is abseiling Werner. <laughs> <laughs> Abseiling Werner Abseiling Werner This is getting worse
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been preparing on When was Breton a mice No, 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 no I've been working hard <laughs>
1: <laughs> Siren, It's a nice one, Danny Siren
2: brewing
3: hmm?
1: <gasps> Siren, did they join? No, 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 no It's, it's
3: a uh...
1: From the other side of the world?
0: From the other from, side of the world.
3: from uh, uh,
2: La Australia. They're
0: from Australia. La Sirene. La Sirene. Yeah, okay, we'll you give you that. We'll give you that. I said hands. Australian. Yeah. Yeah. All right, question number Sirene, three. We got I it there I in front of you. Know. Yeah. you? Yeah. Betters frying. Betters frying. <laughs> Pretty
1: fingers. Pretty fingers.
2: <laughs> well done. There oh. we go.
0: Okay. Then question number four. Sandra, it's on the back of that, I think. You've got to be quick, haven't you? Oh, no. uh, number four is chargeable noble. <laughs>
1: chargeable
0: noble. Chargeable noble. These uh, are this also one without hints.
1: Thirty, twenty-nine, twenty-eight. Chargeable noble. I <laughs> think <laughs> you <laughs> Christopher Noble.
2: It's just yeah. a per- perfect name <laughs> for it.
1: Still, we'll never uh, participated, right? No, no, not no
2: the man, first edition. As as I no, he did a, did a lecture once.
1: Oh yeah, about yeah. what? Yeah.
2: Uh, about, about lager yeast. Okay, we we'll did that <laughs> as well.
0: Nice. One one clue from the USA. All I'm giving you.
1: Ten, nine, eight.
0: Oh, helaas. Okay. All right, oh. that's Long Beach Beer Lab, chargeable oh. novel. Long Beach Beer Lab. <laughs> Okay, okay question, question, question number five. This is maybe my uh, favorite. However, there are a lot of big, good ones to come. <laughs> question number five is DJ Immolate Wifeless.
1: <laughs> Which... <laughs> <laughs> this is beautiful. This is really beautiful.
2: <laughs> Must be uh, Tommy Chef, huh?
0: Good. Well done. That's correct. Tommy I Chef come. Wild Ales from Den Helder. some hesitation
1: still. Yeah. I saw some hesitation still, but... Yeah, it's there. Yeah, yeah, I didn't
0: check it. I <laughs> <laughs> took the guess. Okay, number six. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I think it's a difficult one. Burke, fruitiest, uglier. This will be on the back it's of. There, uh, oh yeah. This will be on the back of that yeah. one. Burke, fruitiest, uglier.
3: Frygeist, but it isn't Frygeist. It Freygeist is. Frygeist, brau?
0: Brau, culture,
1: brou culture,
0: beer I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. Okay. Uh, well okay, done. Okay, that, was okay, okay. that was good. That was good. Well done. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Good. You got Finally. it. Finally. Uh, you got it fast. Uh, the
0: guys part. Question seven is. Yep. Big jerky westerner. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Chester King.
0: Yeah, correct. Whoa, well done. Chester into King it. Brewery. Well done. Uh oh. Uh oh. Question number eight is. Got it? Yeah. Question number eight is Brain Cells Senorita.
3: Whoa, that's a fantastic that's DJ never. name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
0: brain Cells Senorita. Big legends. I know hints, man. They're doing really okay. good. <laughs> okay.
3: Big legends. Come to your name. <laughs>
2: yeah, well... But, uh, must be Cantillon, actually. Yeah, I was thinking that, yeah? but it isn't. Cantillon, Bro Brouwerei Brouwerij? brouwerij.
1: <laughs> In Brussels
0: calling
1: it.
2: Brasserie Cantillon?
0: <gasps> it's correct. Well Cantillon. done. Brasserie Cantillon. Brasserie. Nine. Tricky one. Borrow verged walks. Borrow verged walks.
1: Here I am holding up these signs. <laughs> Scary, and silence <laughs> <Yeah>, tumbleweeds <laughs> uh, brains love it An overdrive 10 9 8 Bap. you have to take an Most answer chance not oh, see it Ravi okay. will be disappointed
0: Brewdog overworks oh, oh, Brewdog overworks sorry Ravi sorry Ravi and question number 10 yeah. grind homemaker Grind homemaker.
2: Is that Koma Haring?
0: Correct. Oh, good. Well she's done, she's guys. Nice. The kromaharing. Really yeah. I should be happy. <laughs> yeah. it just got a
2: new name now. <laughs> yeah.
1: All the right. coffee. Uh, the coffee porter. Yeah. Yeah. Coffee
4: porter. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Makes sense. <laughs> All right, guys. So how did uh, how did they do?
1: Yeah, uh, eight? eight. Eight. Oh, that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. I feel
0: pretty good. So. I should have given all those yeah. hints. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Yeah, so they sitting... were struggling
1: in the beginning, but we helped them a lot,
3: though. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Thanks. We're so seeing
0: <laughs> above uh, Alan Relativeness, uh, Mister Matthijs, and also above Art and Paul from Valhalla. Well done, but under Rick Kempen.
1: Yeah, yeah. always uh, under Rick Always, always, <laughs> <laughs> always under Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So just to finish off, thank you very much for joining us on the show. That was really really nice. Thanks for uh, talking about Carnivala. Here's to 2021 and. Uh, Ooh. Check to you Mm -hmm. soon, all right, guys? Thank you very much. Thank
3: Thank you. you.
0: A very special thanks for listening to another episode of Radio Oedipus. It was a pleasure chatting to Jan and Elaine and, of course, Sander. You can find all information on Carnival Bretonomyces in the show notes. Remember to check out our previous episodes of the podcast by heading to Oedipus.com forward slash radio and by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. The podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and remember to like and subscribe to keep up to date. The music on today's show is written and composed by Ola I Music, and tune in next time for more explorations in the culture of beer.